Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close to personal some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And as I tell you in every episode, we got a great show for you today. We got Maya Zeller coming on. She's doing some great things in the modeling world, pageant world, and acting world. And we're excited to kind of get to talk to her and see where she's headed and just get to know her a little bit. So Maya, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's definitely our pleasure. Um, so. As you know, COVID has been rough for everybody, no matter who you are in this day and time. How has COVID affected you and what have you done to kind of maneuver through that crazy maze? So when COVID actually hit and we were really in quarantine for two weeks and there really wasn't anywhere that you could go, nothing you could do, it kind of hit me hard because school was called out. So that changed for me. My entire schedule every day changed. I was literally just in my room on a computer. So that was different. Um, and then I couldn't have any modeling events. I couldn't go to any pageants, couldn't compete in any pageants. Everything slowly started turning virtual in everybody's lives. To this day, we're still doing everything virtual. And so it was definitely new and kind of scary for me because I didn't know how things were going to go and I didn't know how long that was going to last. Um, but I slowly started to maneuver into getting used to that kind of lifestyle. And I actually, you know, took advantage of the time that I had at home instead of being at school until two o'clock every day. And I started working more on my social media, doing more stuff like I'm doing with you guys today. Um, just kind of switching over everything to virtual and figuring out how it was going to work from home. And yeah. mm -hmm. I kind of got the hang of it because we've been doing it for so long now. It's pretty much the new normal right now. So it, it gave me the opportunity to get used to it and start switching all the things I do over to a virtual platform like this. And I'm grateful for that time because I think I got used to this sooner than a lot of other people. So now I'm not having so much trouble with doing everything this way. Yeah, like with us, you know, we had to pivot a little bit, um, too, because we launched a show January of 2020. And then two months later, COVID happens. And I remember before COVID happens, our original plan was to interview 100 people our first year. And we were mainly a country music interview show at that point. And I thought, you know what, great thing if we could just do 100 interviews. In fact, we thought that was pushing it. And then COVID happens. And I remember telling Sandy, um, this could be our time to shine because while the entertainment world is slowed down, we can speed up and all these people will be now available to talk to us. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> again, when, when you're a host like we are, when everything's running full blast, it's really tough to get people on the show when they're so busy and a brand new show, you can almost forget it. So now we're not a brand new show. We've done 350 interviews. And so now we kind of owe COVID for the success of our show. I 100% get it. It makes a lot of sense because people's schedules just randomly freed up because there was nowhere we could go. So. <clears throat> so at what age did you know you wanted to do pageant world and modeling and all that? I mean, when did it click that this could actually work for you? I've always been an outgoing person from when I was a little girl. So it, I never, I always had big dreams. I always wanted to be on TV. I always wanted to be in the spotlight, but obviously I was young. So I didn't really get into it that from a young age. So I started dancing when I was two and oh, wow. I jumped to a competitive level, maybe five or six. Um, so yeah, I was, I was on stage and in front of a crowd from a young age which definitely fit my personality, even at that time. Um, mm -hmm. And I started to notice that dance girls from my dance team were starting to enter into pageants. And my mom did pageants when she was younger. She competitively danced. She did all of this kind of stuff. So it wasn't new to her. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, once I started seeing other people doing the pageants, I was always the type that was like a go-getter. So I was like, oh, well, now I want to try them. So I entered in my first pageant when I was 11. And I ended up taking first place overall. So that was insane because I had no idea what I was doing there. I was kind of, it was new to me and I was done. <laughs> so obviously I did not expect that outcome, but I think that's when I realized that like I was actually good at what I was doing, even wow. when I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> and it felt right and it felt good doing it. So I kept asking my mom, well, when's the next pageant? Well, when's the next one? 
you know, here comes the money flying. And but she's mm-hmm. always up for it because she did it when she was younger. She loved it. And now I was clearly loving it. And it wasn't something that she threw me into. It was something that I asked to do. Which is that's important. Why, yeah. That is that's important. why she was so willing to spend the money and spend the time for me to do it because it was something that I reached out and said, I want to do this. So yeah, I kept entering in pageants. I kept taking titles. I won my first national title in Massachusetts for East Coast. And huh. from there, I realized that I wanted to keep doing things like that. So I started doing photo shoots and runway competitions to start getting into modeling. And here I am today, still modeling. And then huh. Getting into acting, I always wanted to be on TV. That was always a big dream of mine. And I didn't really know where to start or how to get into it or what exactly kind of TV work I wanted to do or be in. So the producers of Next Big Thing kind of just reached out to me. I didn't submit a casting. I didn't plan on it. I just got reached out to. And I, of course, took the opportunity because first step to like one of my biggest dreams. So that's kind of how I got into the acting world. But for pageants and modeling, it stemmed from competitively dancing to pageants to then modeling. <laughs> you know, you speaking of two-year-old, our daughter just turned two today. Yes, it's her second birthday today. <laughs> oh, happy birthday. And we've got a nine-year-old little boy that you'll hear from later in the show because we always yes. bring him on to ask a couple questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, speaking of everything that you've done, your current 2020 Connecticut Royal International Miss Teen, what is that for people to know? So I am obviously representing Connecticut right now as a teen. And this is for a pageant circuit called Royal International Miss. And it is a very big pageant circuit that's focused on a lot of community service and a lot about your platform. So I am going for the title of role model when I go to nationals. I'm going for the normal teen category and then also for role model. And for role model, basically, when I go to Florida in July, fingers crossed everything with COVID works out and we'll be able to safely go. Um, Well, Florida's open. I know. (laughs) So hopefully. (laughs) I know. Um, When I compete for role model, have a separate interview just for that title. I'll have to have a whole scrapbook showing all the community service that I've done, all the money I've raised, all the statistics to everything. Oh, wow. That's solely based off of your platform. And Royal International Miss, I think it's just a great circuit for girls because I think it kind of breaks the stereotype on pageantry. Mm -hmm. A lot Mm -hmm. of people from the outside looking in see pageants as just as looking pretty and walking across the stage and, you know, who's the best looking, who has the best dress, that's who's winning. But it really is deeper than that. And that's what I always try and explain to people when I talk about why I spend so much time on pageants and that it is a lot of hard work. And it's not just me spending money and getting dressed up and competing for a title. There's a lot of hard work that goes into winning titles like this, especially at my age now where you're either a teen or a miss. You have to have a solid platform and you have to be able to show proof of all the work that you've done with your platform in order to even get past an interview level for a pageant. So I think it's just a great circuit to show that pageantry is more than just a crown, more than just makeup, more than just dresses, because you really do have to have everything laid out to show all the work that you've completed leading up to nationals. And then if you do win at nationals, I mean, you have to, you have to live up to what you just won. So you have to continue doing that work in your community and with your platform. Yeah, and there's a lot of stereotypes within that, like you said, within that. I think what changed me a little bit on this, on everything, was a couple of years ago, we started watching a Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders thing on um, that. Oh, thing, the making the, on the team. Making the yeah. team. And I didn't realize how much work went into that. It was unbelievable. Oh, yes. A lot of work there. Yeah, it's crazy. I I feel like, especially with pageantry, just because a lot of the times when you picture pageants, it's really just dresses, makeup, hair, heels, walking. But people really, like, I feel like if they just looked into it a little bit more, they would see, even like on my social media platforms, my pageant title platform, I always am posting every little thing that I'm doing. (laughs) And, you know, with my title so far, I've already taken part in two monthly service projects because With Royal International Miss, this pageant circuit, there's monthly service projects that they give out to everybody to do. 
So mm-hmm. in my community, I've already completed two of those so far since holding my title. Um, we've collected uh, toy drives. We've done um, eyeglasses. So, oh, wow. and I've had amazing outcomes with that with obviously the help of friends, family, and just literally posting on all of my community pages for North Haven, Connecticut, and driving around and collecting them and then dropping them off to the Lions Club. So it's really amazing all the work that goes into pageantry and all the good things that I've been able to do while holding pageant titles. Um, because I feel like I do have a good heart. I obviously would love to do this without pageantry being involved. Yeah. But yes. I think that winning these pageant titles and being encouraged and taught how to do these things has really made me a better person because it's pushed me to do those things and pushed me to make that like a priority in my life. So that's what I love about pageantry most is that it really does push you to be the best version of yourself and to be a role model for kids that are looking up to you. So what is your main platform? My main platform is breast cancer awareness and the fight against breast cancer. I have, yeah, I have a platform called all about pink. um, And I started that up 2019 when I was representing Connecticut for the Miss Teen World America pageant and I then went on to Vegas and I placed first runner up for America which was amazing but that was my platform I started it once I won for Connecticut for that circuit and once again I don't know if I ever would have had you know the willpower to start that on my own if it weren't for winning that pageant title and Mm -hmm. it was to really do something when I had the title so yeah I started all about pink and I had events planned, but then COVID hit and it kind of, you know, put a wrench in things. I couldn't really hold the events that I was planning on. I had a ton of events that I wanted to do, but obviously I could not have crowds of people together and it just wasn't safe to do. So it kind of put a hold on All About Pink. But even in quarantine, I was planning things. I was getting t-shirts made. I was keeping up on the social media and always thinking about what I'm going to do when I'm able to have events. So now that we are kind of able to move into events or we're learning how to turn things virtual. Um, We've really been planning events. I am partnered up with a nonprofit called More Than Likes that is also ran by another local Connecticut student who's around my age. And he is just trying to promote that, you know, teens our age are more than just a follow on social media. They're more than just a like on social media that we can really make a change in our community if we just all come together and, put the phone down for a second, put the computer down for a second and like look outside your window and realize the things that need to change and things and people that need help. And if we all come together and we do that, we can make a difference in that. So All About Pink is partnered up with his nonprofit called More Than Likes. And we actually have our first fundraiser planned already together. Um, We are doing a Pennies for Pink. So local businesses and people are going to put our Pennies for Pink jars in there so that people can donate. Obviously, all change is accepted. Um, <laughs> but the proceeds will be going to Seymour Pink, which is a um, organization here in Connecticut that I've actually done work with before. And I really love what they stand for and what they do. So I thought it'd be lovely to give the proceeds to them. And yeah, so that's our first first fundraiser plan, which I'm really excited about because I think that this team up is going to be able to do really amazing things. And of course, it's awesome for me because I will be able to hold events like this that are strictly for all about pink, but I'll also be able to partake and help in just his events, just doing things in elementary schools and all Mm -hmm. those things Mm -hmm. around our community. So I think it's going to be a super, super powerful team up with both of our organizations and we're going to be able to accomplish great things. Um, but focusing more on all about pink, I started all about pink because I lost my aunt when I was younger to breast cancer. Oh, wow. Sorry, so, to, hear that. sorry to hear that. From a young age, even though I was young, I was old enough to still realize how that affects a family because that's my mom's sister and my aunt and she had kids. So that's their mom and that's my grandmother's daughter. So mm-hmm. it affects everybody because everybody's connected to that family member. Yeah. And So from a young age, I got to see how that affected my family, what she went through. And I thought that that would be a great platform for me because I could connect to it. And it was personal to me and my Mm -hmm. family. And yeah, so I really want to focus on donating to organizations that help with genetic testing, um, simplifying health insurance difficulties for people that are going through treatment and things like that. And I really just want to have a broad 
you know, variety of things that I can help with that all have to do with breast cancer, the fight against it, awareness, because I feel like a lot of people don't know that they have a gene, don't know that they're sick, and then it gets too late, and there's not really a way to help them. And then that's them losing their life ahead of them, and that's a family losing somebody that they love. So I feel like doing these fundraisers and doing what I can to donate to bigger organizations that can really help with these things for other people so that they don't have to go through what my family went through, I feel like is a great thing. And it's definitely needed because there's no cure. There's really no cure for breast cancer. You can do chemo, you can do all these things for cancer, but when does it stop? Because sometimes it doesn't work. And then that's one family losing somebody that they love. So whatever I can do, to help other families so they do not have to face those challenges, I'm willing to do because, of course, I have the time. I'll make the time because I'm passionate about it, and mm-hmm. I love doing it. I actually, I don't know if you know uh, Yale New Haven Hospital in Connecticut here. I um, volunteered for a year, almost a year, um, at the Singari Family Boutique, and that's where breast cancer patients come in and they basically sell clothes for them. They sell their wigs. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Awesome. They sell the knitted caps for them. Mm-hmm. They would need to feel comfortable in their skin while they're going through treatment. And so obviously that was 2019 that I was volunteering there. I obviously, I really wanted to do it again this year, but with COVID and everything, they're not allowing extra people in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that experience was really, really heartwarming. I remember, I think it was my second day volunteering there. I just could not hold it together because the people that I saw coming in were on their final days, on their final month. Right. They mm-hmm. knew that they didn't have time left, but it really touched my heart to be able to pick out outfits for them and pick out their knitted caps and pick out things that they right. could characterize mm-hmm. themselves with so that they could feel beautiful while they were going through treatment because- wow. A lot of women, they just lose themselves. Once you lose your hair, and I know it sounds superficial, but once you lose your hair and you realize that, like, you can't do anything about it, people just give up. And I feel like if you only have a few weeks or a few months to live, you want them to feel beautiful. You don't want them to give up early. So it was really interesting, and I would love to do that again whenever it's safe to do so and they're allowing it. I would love to do it again because, like I said, it was just an amazing experience um, and really heartwarming to be able to do something like that for people that are going through just such a hard time. Yeah, back when she was 19, she was one of the lucky ones. She fought cancer. Yes, I had eight months of chemo treatments. I had Hodgkin's disease at age 19. And and luckily, I, I didn't lose my hair. It did thin some. I was so terrified of losing my hair. But... They said I was one of the few cases they'd ever seen that didn't lose their hair from that kind of chemo. That's so I was very lucky. So and she's going to fire. Like how life-changing it is. I've never gone through chemo, but I've seen my aunt go through it. I've seen other yeah. people, even in Connecticut, go through it. And it, it really takes a toll on you. It takes a toll it on does. your physical health, your physical health. You just mm-hmm. like you don't have anything left. So absolutely. You, and I'm happy that you are healthy now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, you know, we've she's told me the full story and that they, you know, they got the chemo and all that, got her done. And then they wanted to do radiation, even though um, there was no signs of anything. And she refused. Yeah, I was 20 then. I refused any radiation. And and they said I would never be able to have kids. And we have two kids now. I know. It's just so <laughs> scary. So, yeah. But she also knew that if radiation would probably destroy that option that's why she was willing to take that chance because she knew she wanted to have that possibility of having kids yes <clears throat> but yeah it's been a crazy journey it has <laughs> and and you know and your journey is you know and i want to talk about that you know we talked about a lot of the highlights let's flip the script some because a lot of people like you said they see just the highlights but they don't see the sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, that they see the glory behind all these celebrities and all that, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even a career level, whether it's modeling, whether it's um, in pageants, whether it's mm-hmm. acting, it doesn't matter. It takes a grind and and a sacrifice. Let's talk about that side of you being so young. You've named off all this stuff you're doing. And I'm sitting there like, I know you ain't got no time. So let's talk about that. 
Yeah. So it definitely, I definitely have a tight schedule. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> it's dance competition season right now. So I'm particularly busy because we have a lot of dance rehearsals and a lot of technique classes so that we are in great shape for competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still do school, even though I'm doing it from home, which I actually like better. I prefer to do it from home because it actually fits my schedule better. It's easier to get it done while I'm home and not have to drive back and forth from school. So that's really awesome. Um, and yeah, I mean, my schedule's my schedule's full. I take a lot of time. I'm very, I try to be as organized as I can. So I try and split up my days, dance, school, Social media is like a job in itself, just trying to raise my following, trying to stay intact with my followers and keep people updated. Next big thing took out a year of my life, a great year of my life. We spent a lot of time working on the show. And even to this day, we were doing stuff from home because of COVID. So a lot of work went into that, even in my own room. Um, (laughs) And with the organization All About Pink and partnering with More Than Likes, we've been putting in countless hours planning, getting our website ready, getting our merchandise ready, planning our future events, getting everything ready for our upcoming fundraiser. And a lot that takes a lot of time. And I wouldn't have it any other way because I always tell people this. I'm not the type of person that would do anything or put time into anything if I didn't want to do it. I, I want to do everything I'm doing. And that's why I don't complain about never having time to go out with friends sometimes or just lay down and watch Netflix because (laughs) I love what I'm doing. And so I'm going to make the time to do it and I'm not going to (laughs) complain. And, and, you know, as busy as you are, I read that one of your next steps is to go for um, Miss Teen USA. What's in that? So Miss Teen USA is a huge pageant, one of the biggest pageant circuits in America, really. And... They have a teen level and a miss level. It's actually televised normally. Um, And yeah, so I, that is definitely a plan of mine. I've always wanted to go for Miss Teen USA. I have not gone yet because I've kind of been, I've always said this, that I wanted to wait until I was 17 for some reason. So I'm thinking that's probably (laughs) going to be a next year thing. And it's also something that I want to have the time to prepare for. And feel comfortable going into it because it is a big, a big pageant and something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. So I don't want to just throw myself into it because um, I want to enjoy the experience as well. And yeah, so hopefully that will be a next year thing. Um, but that's just always something. There's more time to build that resume higher. Yes, and I feel like Royal International Miss the pageant I'm doing right now is great preparation for Miss Teen USA because, oh, like I yeah. said, with a lot of pageants now at my age and bigger platform pageants, Miss Teen USA, you have to have a solid platform for, and you need to be able to show that if you win, that you're really going to be doing something with your title yeah. and it's not mm-hmm. going to just sit on your head and look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm guessing the next step beyond that would be the Miss USA. Hopefully, I do see myself competing in pageants as a miss. Mm. Um, but if for some reason I got out of the pageant world, um, I don't see that happening. But if it did happen, <laughs> I would still continue to do my charity work and have my organization and hold events and fundraisers because, like I said, that's something that I really have a passion for and that I love doing. So mm. it wouldn't just, it's not, I don't only do it for pageants. I yeah. think pageants yeah. for getting me more involved because I don't think I would have had the guts to just start it and do it on my own. Mm-hmm. So pageantry definitely influenced me to do that with my life and put some time into it. But if for some reason when I'm older, I do stop doing pageants, um, I would continue to still do that community service work and charity work and all of that kind of stuff because I love doing it. I love that. Now, as you know, a lot of people, they see you as the front person, but they don't see the team behind you. And in my opinion, the team never gets the love they deserve. But on our show, we want them to get the love they deserve. So if you want to take a few moments just to talk about the team that helps you be who you are. My mom, 100%, has always been my number one biggest supporter takes care of me, is like my best friend. And I don't know what I would do without her, to be honest. I think I'm going to be like 60 years old and calling her to ask what I should eat for breakfast. I'm a very (laughs) independent person because 
my mom works a crazy schedule at work. She's always working early morning to late night. And it's been like that since I was little. So a lot of people, I think, always think since I didn't have as much time with my mom when I was younger that other kids did, that we might not be as close. But it's actually the complete opposite. I think I have a closer relationship with my mom now than a lot of kids I know at my age, which mm -hmm. I love because I tell my mom everything. I make time. I hang out with my mom all the time. We get to experience all the things that I do together most of the time. And she, I just know that I'll always have her behind me and that I'll never be afraid to go to her with things that I need help with or things that I want her to come along with me on. And yeah. mm -hmm. she's just so strong and she works hard every day just so that my family and I can have the things that we have and do the things that I do. And I'll forever be grateful for her. That's the type of mom I want to be when I have my own kids, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. My dance teacher, she's also my singing teacher. She's also my cousin. <laughs> she <laughs> Keep it in the family. A lot about dance. She's gotten me to where I am today with my dancing. Um, my singing, I was never brave enough to get on the stage and sing, even though I liked singing. It was more just a shower thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he definitely taught me the technique to get myself comfortable with going on a stage and singing in front of a bunch of people. And my pageant coach, Amaryllis, uh, she's been my pageant coach since I did my first pageant ever. And so she's taught me everything I need to know about pageants. If it weren't for her, I don't know if I would have taken first runner up at my first pageant. Wow. <laughs> Just because of who I am, I probably would have gone up there and ran off stage or did something crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I've been coaching with her since my first pageant, since I was 11. And I don't think I would have won any of the titles that I have today without her coaching and her guidance in pageantry. And all of the makeup artists, everybody who's been behind me to help me feel great and go into things feeling 100% confident. Um, next big thing, the producer of Next Big Thing, Susanna Pagliata. She's worked her butt off to get our show where it is today. She's worked her butt off to get us um, out there and promoting our social medias. And she is like a second mom to me for sure. And I just love everybody that's helped me. And I'll forever be grateful for everybody that's stood behind me, all of my family, all of my friends. Because like you said, people do not get the recognition they deserve when they help somebody really achieve their dreams and get to where they want to be in life. And I will forever be grateful for those people because when I look back on these memories when I'm older, I'm going to say, wow, like I need to call this person and just remind them of how grateful I am when I was 16 and they did all of this for me and they dedicated their time to me because yeah. I feel like that's something people lose track of. But I'm the type of person that likes to give recognition and likes to appreciate the people that do good for me. Now, um, you probably got a thousand of these, of these stories, but think of something that kind of stands out. But but tell us a mom story where she went above and beyond for your career and you're like, wow, she really gets this is my passion. My mom has so my mom works Monday through Saturday. She works on Saturday. So really, her only solid day off is Sunday. Sometimes she'll get a random Tuesday in there. But wow. Wow. And I have to go into the city. Um, I just started driving. And to be honest, I don't think I'd want to drive in the city because it's just crazy over there. Um, but, and I like traveling with my mom. I don't know if I'd like traveling alone. I haven't really tested it out yet. But I love traveling with her because it's just always like a fun bonding time for us. Um, but yeah, so I would have to go into the city on the weekend. So I'd have to go in on a Friday. And then stay through Sunday or stay through Saturday night, late at night. And because my mom had to work on Saturdays, we would go in late on Friday night, get there at about 10, 11 o'clock. And then my mom would have to leave for work on Saturday morning from New York and come all the way back to Connecticut, be wow. at work before <laughs> nine, and then come back to New York Saturday night after work so that she could get me to bring me home when I was done with everything. And that was definitely dedication. And I think she does it because obviously she loves me, but because <laughs> she realizes that what I'm doing is what I want to do with my life and what I love. So that's why she has dedicated all of that craziness for me to be able to be in New York and do these things. 
but also it takes good friends that are trustworthy to watch out <laughs> while she leaves. That's true. And that is true. I think Susanna for that, of all of our friends really that we're super close with that are always traveling with us because they have taken me under their wing. Uh, my pageant coach has brought me to Kentucky with her to compete because my mom could not leave work. Um, I've traveled with so many of my close family and close friends. So once again, grateful for those people because my mom was able to leave me with them and they make sure I was fed and I was taken care of and I got everything I needed to do done. So yeah, I think it takes a team, but my mom has definitely dedicated like her entire life to me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Antoine said he's amazed that you're such a well-rounded person. We agree with him on we that. We agree, yes. Thank you. <laughs> you definitely can tell that. Now, speaking of um, teams, we have a third co-host, our little nine-year-old that we bring on to ask one or two questions. Yes, Danny's gonna go his get name's him. Christopher, yeah. I will get him. And then of course our now two-year-old um as of today little daughter that when she gets older we plug in her in the show too because you know what we feel like this show could be connections for them down the road too and get them used to the camera and all that and, and everybody that we've talked with that are young like you it's usually between two and three um where you start getting them in the dance and all that and we're like okay it's almost time for her now <laughs> yeah hi Hi, Maya. So, what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Hmm. Ice cream? Ice cream. <laughs> and what's yours? Pizza. Pizza? I like pizza, too. <laughs> <laughs> and your next question. All right. What's your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show uh, would have to be Next Big Thing NYC. Um, I'm on the show, so everybody check that out on Amazon Prime. The season finale actually just aired yesterday. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> What's yours? Mine is SpongeBob. SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and what's been cool is, you know, he watches a lot of Nickelodeon shows. So we've been able to bring a lot of people from Nickelodeon mm -hmm. on to the show. In fact, you know, I guess your friends from the other day, we had on the girl that's going to be on one of the future Nickelodeon shows. So it's really cool that we've been able to bring people on that he likes on the show. That's awesome. Yes, we, we already saw the premiere that's <laughs> going to come. Of that other movie, of that show. Right, yeah. That of Haley's show. Haley. Haley oh, Rosberg. okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he loves he loves doing this, and we're trying to get him used to the camera a little bit, and we'll get Caitlin used to the camera when she gets older too. Because again, yes. that that's something that we've seen when when um, kids make it out there. It's usually kind of a preparedness um, when they were young. Well, I think you're doing great. Bye, thanks. <laughs> Bye, thank you. Yeah, he, he he's been on. You know, we've done 350 episodes. He's been on almost every one of them. Wow. And I think Sandy has a real quick question, too. Yes, I got a couple questions. A couple. Okay. If you could go on vacation anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? I would love to go to a place like the Maldives or Bora Bora, places like that where you're kind of secluded on an island and just surrounded by water and sand. I would love that, especially now with this rainy weather in Connecticut. I'd love uh, yeah. to be in the sun. And I'm also the type of person that loves the beach and I love swimming, but I don't like the Connecticut beaches water because <laughs> I can't see through it. So I don't know what's under me and I do not trust what's under me. So I feel like yeah. if I was at a place like Bora Bora where the water's crystal clear, Bora, I could enjoy swimming yeah. in the ocean because I could see if there was a shark fin coming at me. Yeah, so that's kind of our where we want to go one day. Yes, yeah, so that's on our or, bucket list. I mean, you see the little yeah. huts and you're like over see, the water. And you see the water. Through, I love that. So I'm like, hopefully nobody um, is inappropriate. You know, if somebody yeah, swims true. under. I don't know if it's allowed to be swim that because yeah, you know, but yeah. it just looks so it cool. Looks very you know, cool. to be able to look down and there's the water. Yes. I know. <laughs> Okay. And what would you like for your legacy to be? What would you ultimately like to be known for? I do want to be in the public eye. So if that calls for being considered famous, that's great. <laughs> but that's not really what I care about. Yeah, right. I want people to remember me as somebody who was granted a big platform and they remember me as using it in a positive way to be a role model to younger girls and 
teaching kids how to take part in their community and do good things like I've been doing since a young age and to feel comfortable in their skin. Overall, just being known as a role model and a good leader for younger kids who look up to me. Because I think in the society we live in today, there's a lot of hate, there's a lot of judgment, a lot of kids feel uncomfortable in their own skin. And for me, I think the most important thing is to tell younger girls and younger boys that, you know, it's okay to be different. It's okay to be you, whether people like that or not. And Mm -hmm. not everybody's going to like you. But when they have something mean to say, when they take the time out of their day to hate on you, it's normally because they're also not happy with themselves. Exactly. You just have to take those people with a grain of salt and you have to treat them with kindness because that's probably what they need. Yeah, being a teen rising out there in the social media world, because, you know, back in our day, there wasn't a social media. But so even though they still got haters back then at people our age, it wasn't the same like it is now because it's so easy for people to do. How do you handle that side of it? Because, as you know, when it comes to social media, you get all kinds of crap. Social media has definitely opened up another door to bullying for sure. Um, as we all know, cyberbullying, people can hide behind fake accounts with no profile yeah. pictures and they can send you whatever they want and they can post on the internet whatever they want of you because they can. You can make a profile whenever you want and you can do whatever you want with it. And I think that I do believe that social media is a positive outlet for people because. I've seen what it's done in my life and I love it, but I can also see that there are negative aspects to social media that I hope someday will change. Um, I don't think that it's acceptable for people to be able to make these accounts and hate on other people, especially kids, because that does take a toll on people's mental health. That takes a toll on people's self-confidence and self-esteem and nobody should be treated that way especially from somebody who they don't know or they may know that's hiding behind a fake profile and Mm -hmm. you know for me even me i i've gotten hate messages i've had things in my private messages on instagram from accounts that i don't know who they are it's just a blank profile picture with a weird username and they Hmm. comment they say things and at this point in my life, I've kind of, I'm a very confident person. I do have, I lack self-confidence sometimes. I get self-conscious about things sometimes, but that's normal. And I think that I am strong so I can deal with people who hate on me because in reality, you're looking at my account. So you're following me. You're (laughs) taking the time to look at what I'm doing. So really, your haters are really your fans because they're the ones yeah, they're watching you. Yeah. They're watching me. Like if you don't like me, just don't look at my accounts. So I, I feel that way, but it also, it hurts when somebody sends you a mean message or says something mean about you. Cause you're like, why would somebody say that about me? I didn't do anything to them. Mm-hmm. But at this point in my life, I've learned that they're just haters, but they really are a fan because they're spending their time looking and messaging me so and they want you to respond because if you respond that's that's what you know i think from oh, what yes, people have told us out there is when you don't respond you that's when they usually fade away when you mm-hmm. do respond they come back for more yeah when you do respond you're giving them the satisfaction that they made you feel bad and i think mm-hmm. that's what they want to get out of it they want to know that you're either mad or you're upset or you feel some type of way that's down But if you don't respond and you keep going on and you keep showing all the amazing things you're doing in your life and that you love yourself, they're going to feel mad. And then they're going to feel embarrassed to even send another message because they're going to be like, oh, well, clearly this person doesn't care what we have to say right now. And Mm -hmm. I think you're 100% right. That's the best way to handle those type of people is just ignore them and show them that what they're saying does not affect you. Yeah, I seen a meme the other, I guess about a month or two ago that said, um, I just saw a post I disagreed with and I scrolled right on by because that's how I roll. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I wish everybody thought like that because you know what? If you don't agree with it, keep on going. going. Mm -hmm. I know. We have a lot better society because that's, you know, again, social media is great. And I mean, we're on social media ourselves. I mean, it's great. 
but it has opened the Pandora's box on this whole other, like you said, the bullying, all that. And the sad part is when you watch the bullying, um, most of the time it's adults. It's not kids. Usually the kids get along a little better than adults. And that's the craziest part that I've noticed. I, me too. On Facebook, especially this year, it's been a crazy year. The election and everything, mm -hmm. like adults mm -hmm. really do go at each other, which is crazy because you're setting an example for kids who are looking yeah. at that and saying, oh, well, they're doing it. So it must be how you're supposed to do things on here. And exactly. that's not yeah. it at all. You don't like somebody, don't follow them. Don't look at them. Don't comment Amen. on them. You don't like mm -hmm. what they're posting. Delete them off your accounts. It's it's just that simple not to interact with somebody that you don't like or you don't agree with. I do that with people, people that I don't get along with or that I just don't agree with what they're doing. I just remove them because yep. why, yes. if I don't like what they're posting or what they're doing, why would I want to look at it? And why would I even interact with it? That's just how yep. I feel about it. But you're right. It happens a lot with adults nowadays. And I feel like that's just not setting a good example for kids who are looking at those posts and thinking that that's okay because it's 100% yeah. mm -hmm. not. Exactly. Um, now, back in 2015, we got to interview Kelsey Ballerini before everybody pretty much knew who she was. And we asked her where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the guests that same question because the answer she gave us back then is almost to the T of what she's living now. I mean, she's living the identical of what she told us her vision was. <laughs> So where do you want to be in five years? In five years, I want to be happy. <laughs> I want to feel great in my own skin. I do not want to feel like I have to please anybody in society or fit any standards. I just want to be 100% myself. I want to be happy. I want to be healthy. And I want to be furthermore into my career with acting and modeling and maybe a pageant. <laughs> um, and... I want to continue to be a good role model and I want to be able to plan for the future on how to be a good role model for my own children for the future. Because once again, that's really important. My mom was always a good role model to me. She always taught me respect and how to just be a decent human. And so I want to be able to make sure that I can do that with my own kids because if I can't be a role model, then I don't want to raise kids that think it's okay to act a way that's totally not okay. So yeah, five years from now, hopefully I'll be furthermore into my acting career and my modeling career and maybe holding a pageant as an older person and um, preparing to have my own family, hopefully have a healthy family behind me, be healthy myself and just overall be happy. I love that. Now let us look 10 years, 15 years down the road. And let's say you're a success on a grand scale, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's Miss USA, Miss Universe, um, but whatever that looks like, you're there. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you want to remind her? If myself now could meet my future successful self, um, yep. I think that I would want to remind her that, you know, you're still just Maya from Connecticut because I feel like sometimes when people become a, considered a celebrity or they're famous or they have just really become successful or really wealthy, sometimes people lose who they really are and they don't realize it. Yeah. So I, like I said, I want to be happy with who I am when I'm older. And I want to remind that girl who's really successful now, don't lose who you really are on the inside just to try and fit what people think you should be at your new level. You always stick to who you are to the core. You always keep the same heart. You always keep the same morals. You just move on in life and you do better things, but you don't lose those morals because then you're just throwing who you are away in order to make others happy, which is something that I will never be willing to do at all. Even on Next Big Thing, I always was myself, 100%. I never acted, never played a character to be somebody I'm not. I was just always myself. And that's how I displayed myself on TV because I wanted people to watch it and see, okay, like, she doesn't seem like she's putting on an act like, oh, I know her. Like, that's exactly how she is when I was at Starbucks yesterday. Because I don't want people to watch me on TV and be like, oh, yeah, this girl. And then see me and be like, well, 
these two don't match up. Like they're not <laughs> acting at all the same. And that's just because I feel like you should always stick to your morals and never change who you are on the inside because all that really does is make you lose yourself, which yep. is something that mm -hmm. I never hope to do. And you'll crack. I remember um, that when we first launched this show, I reached out to a Nashville friend of mine, and asked what advice he would give us on the launching of this show. And I'll never forget what he said because he said, "Whatever you do, be and stay authentic." And because kind of what you're saying there, because he said you could tell every Bobby Bones joke, you could tell every Ty Bentley joke, and he said you might even be good at it and you create an audience. But the day will come when authentic Chris comes out, when authentic Sandy comes out, and when that day comes. You're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authenticness. They were attracted to your fakeness. He said, but if you'll start and stay authentic from day one, you may grow slower than most people, but you'll gain the right audience in the meantime. Definitely. Because I can remember from my first few pageants that I ever did, I was always so scared for interview part, uh, the interview portion of the competition because I didn't know how to be, which is the first problem because I shouldn't have had yeah. to think about mm -hmm. who to be. I should have just gone in and been myself. Yes. Um, but I was always so worried. How should I act? How should I be? How should I talk? How should I do this? How should I do that? And now I don't do that anymore. I just walk in and I'm just myself and I just answer the questions they ask and I treat it like a conversation with somebody at Dunkin' Donuts. So... <laughs> <laughs> and it works. It works out better for me because I'm not in my head so much. I just go in and I don't think about who to be, how to act, how to talk. I just do do it. I just do who I am. That's how I that's how I act. So there is no more overthinking it and putting on an act just because I was worried about, you know, wanting to win so bad and wanting to succeed, but not knowing how to be, which I think was the first problem. And I'm so happy that I've grown up now and I've further gotten more into pageantry and now I'm doing it hundred percent as myself. Great. As we come to a close here, I've got a question. It's kind of a two part question. Um, since you've seen both sides here, um, what advice would you give people like you that are trying to go into pageant world and the modeling world um, to go to that next level? But the second part of that question is what advice would you give parents that are, that have, kids that want to do this too because i think that that's where sometimes the disconnect can come from is is sometimes parents want it more than the child does and that becomes a really big problem so if you can handle both of those how would you advice you give if i was talking to another kid or another teen or maybe even an adult who wanted to kind of do the same things that i'm doing or just go into an entertainment industry um i would tell them don't give up because like I said, there's going to be people who are going to hate on you. You're going to hear no a lot. People are going to deny you. People are going to tell you you're not going to make it. People are going to tell you you should just give up. But don't give up because you may see other people succeeding before you and ahead of you. But that doesn't mean that you're never going to get there. That just means that it's taking you a little bit longer. And yeah. I always like to remind people, you can't just snap your fingers and all of a sudden it's right in front of you and you have everything you want. You have to work hard for it. I'm not at where I want to be completely in my life yet, but that's because I'm working hard every day and I'm working towards that goal. And mm -hmm. I'm happy where I'm at now, but of course I have an end goal of where I want to be. And it's taking hard work every single day to get there. So I always like to remind people that it might not be your day now, but it's going to be your day soon or someday. And if you give up now, then you're just throwing that away. Um, and when it comes to parents of, children or teens who want to go into the entertainment industry, I definitely would say to them, don't force your kids to do anything, of course. Don't be the one who wants it for them because if you just want your kid on TV but your kid doesn't want to be on TV, your kid's not going to get on TV because casting directors and casting agents and people like that, even just an audience on social media, they can tell when somebody wants to be doing something and when yeah. they really yeah. love it and when they don't. And that's why I'm so happy that I didn't get thrown into anything I didn't want to do from a young age. I wanted to dance. I wanted to do pageants. I wanted to sing. I wanted to act. I wanted to do everything I'm doing now. And my mom never had to force me. She always just said, oh, okay, you want to do it? We're doing it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would tell parents, 
obviously do not force anything on your children because they're definitely not going to succeed because they don't really love it. So they won't be able to put in the hard work and the dedication that it takes because it's not authentic. It's not coming from their heart. It's just coming from, I'm just trying to make my mom happy. I'm just trying to make my dad happy. And also I would tell them that if it really is something that your kid or your team comes up to you and says, I want to do this, don't, um, you know, shoot them down because yeah. when I started one. competitively right. dancing, I went to my mom and I said, well, when am I doing a competition like these girls? When I first started competitively dancing and I did my first solo and, you know, the few years after that I was still young and a lot of people around me were winning and I was not winning big at all. And I always got defeated. But my mom, instead of saying, oh, my gosh, you have to win. I can't believe you haven't won and these people are beating you. She always said, you do not shed a tear because wow. you don't cry over things like this. You just get up and work and hopefully the next time you'll do better and hopefully the next time you'll do better hopefully the next time you'll do even better you never cry over it you never give up but she never lectured me on not winning or not being at the same level as other people and so i would tell other parents with the same kind of circumstances with their kids don't lecture your kids if they don't get the um the role in that tv show if they don't win their dance competition if they don't win the pageant title because all that's going to do is make that child or that teen feel like, okay, well, I might as well just give up because nobody's happy with me. I couldn't win. I couldn't do it. Instead of telling them, don't cry over it. We don't cry over not winning. We get up and we work hard and we get there another day. So that's what I would tell parents. Love that. So as we come to a close here, tell everybody how they can reach you through social. So my name is Maya Zeller. Zeller is X-E-L-L-E-R on Instagram. I'm just Maya Zeller. And that's where I do most of my postings. And also follow Next Big Thing NYC on Instagram to see all updates and sneak peeks and behind the scenes from the show, which is completely aired out on Amazon Prime now. Next Big Thing NYC season finale aired yesterday. And I'm really excited for everybody to see that. Love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. And we definitely look forward to some updates down the road to bring you back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. You Thanks have a great so day. Much. You too. Bye.